come on a journey with a cinephile. Welcome to Big Taters. My name is Sarah. Can I start you guys off with an order of our freedom tots? I thought you were avoiding me. Why would you think that? Because I stole your role. Come on with you, lady. I work so hard. Every week it's a new class, a new audition. Hopefully you'll see something in me. I know I'd be great for this. We'll be in touch. takes for this role. Film enthusiasts are much more critical. Do you think cinephiles are, are on this other end of the spectrum? But I think a cinephile is more of a student of cinema. A movie lover is going to be less discriminating, I think. Some of this might go be one of us. Sometimes that is better. I sick fucks using one too many movies. Don't you blame the movies! <laughs> you might be a cinephile. Right, you def yeah, you might be a cinephile. If you wait here for a little while, see what happens. The podcast. You opened it. We came. It's just a podcast! We'll review your movie from every angle. Welcome, everybody, to another joint episode here where I am David from Journey with a Cinephile, a horror movie podcast, and I'm being joined by... This is your main man, Jake, from Dark Mariachi Studios, and I'm representing Guitar Case Fuller Reviews Podcast. Perfect. And today, the movie that we decided to watch and give you a recap of here is going to be Starry Eyes. This comes from 2014. This is actually co-written and directed by Kevin Cloche. I think that's how you say that. And Dennis Widmeyer. Now, this one stars Alex Essos, Amanda Fuller, Noah Segan, but it also features some other kind of independent horror actors and actresses like Fabian Teresa, as well as Pat Healy. And... This is a drama fantasy horror thriller that comes from a co-production from the United States and Belgium. Yeah, this movie is, is pretty interesting. Uh, I had never heard of it, though. Um, you're, this is the second movie we're talking about where you introduced me to it. Um. <laughs> well, this is an interesting one because, like, I had never seen it as this came out in a kind of a weird era for me where I'd stopped working at a video store and kind of fell out of watching like newer horror movies for a stretch. Mm -hmm. But I listened to some podcasts and a lot of people kept bringing this up about how this 
was like a strong film. So I was kind of curious and it had been on my list for a while. So when we were kind of looking for something I thought we could delve into, I thought this would be one that we might be able to kind of dissect some stuff from. Yeah. And looking at this movie and looking at the directors, uh, we came across that they are the Pet Cemetery remake directors. Yep. Which I thought was interesting because I had no idea. So, so obviously this movie was received very well if they were able to pull off a big studio gig not too long after. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, I think I think it worked out for him. And we were talking about it a little bit, but uh, there are a little bit of uh, you can see a little bit of their touch that they tried to install in that Pet Cemetery remake. But obviously, you know, as we were saying, they couldn't couldn't do as much as they probably really wanted to artistically <laughs> for a big studio. And it's tough too when you're working from source material as like as dense as like a Stephen King novel as well, and. And when you're working with the studio, too, you're sometimes kind of hamstrung to kind of do some of your artistic flair, especially when you're kind of working with something like this. And it's also hard when you're doing a remake of a movie that is beloved by a lot of people as well. Yeah, that's, that's a problem. And then a lot of people love that old one as well. So yeah. they, they're looking for only that. <laughs> they're, not, they're not liking <laughs> anything you do differently. So, so that, right. yeah, that's, that's kind of a, kind of a catch-22 because you can – you can't really do what you want, but then people are going to want what they want, so it's it's weird. But you can't uh, really pass it up when you have the offer to either. No, you can't because once you get in, once you get in there, then you're in there. So you'd rather get in there exactly. than pick and choose how you get in there. <laughs> but uh, I thought it was interesting because um, we were talking about also uh, some interviews with the director, and one of the funniest stories I think we should talk about that about this. And it actually, uh, we can talk about some of the stuff that created this movie, uh, also in association with it. Oh, yeah. Uh, but the gentleman who didn't get a role in this movie, <laughs> but told the world, whatever country he was from, told the world in that country that he had this hot project with David Lynch, and they were writing it. And <laughs> he was just really going on to reporters about this, not, not just to friends and family, but to reporters. He's telling this, this story. and. It blew me away because I'm like, how do you expect to get away with that? Like, I don't It's understand. so weird in this day and age to try to do that because, yeah. I mean, it's not like if you're trying to do this in, like, the 80s where, yeah, where it would nobody would ever that. know. Nobody, <laughs> yeah, you can't, you can't fact check it in the 80s, but right. what are you doing, man? Like, this is – everybody has a cell phone at this point. I don't think – don't think you can get away with it. But I thought it was interesting because they were shocked by it because they were like, what? <laughs> and they actually, they said they actually liked the guy, and they, he just he just didn't fit the part. And yeah. they offered him, like, a lesser role, but obviously he would, he didn't get that after this. But, <laughs> but uh, maybe, maybe he thought it would boost his own profile and he could become, get a role just from that, or I don't know. I, ho I hope that's what he thought, because I don't know why else you would do that. I mean, I give him credit on the attempt, at least. I mean, that's... Yeah, I mean, you know, say much more that's than a, that. That's but, a, I mean, good and for a story. Him. We can talk about it real quick too, and we, we'll come back to it in the movie. Uh, one of the things he said that happened to him in the screening is what they is something they do in the movie. So we'll, we can come back to that too. Yep. Uh, <laughs> so I thought that was interesting. But uh, let's talk about um, the premise. So the premise for the story actually came into play because they were casting. For, for the movie, or maybe, a, I don't know if it was actually this movie, maybe a different movie, but they cast it for about three years, yep. and they didn't even know that for sure they were going to make a movie, but they right. were going through the legwork of casting, and through that process of seeing actors coming in that have regular nine-to-fives, 
but they come in and, and really pour their heart out in front of the camera trying to to make this dream happen and they and they saw it over and over again throughout that time period and it really kind of gave them basis like man this is crazy this is a really crazy process what if and then you know that's the next step if you're a writer what if and then you keep going like that you know well, I mean, it is kind of weird to think about that these people come in, like you said, and bear their heart and soul to try to, you know, get this role, and then they leave, and then you never, you know, have any sort of contact with them again, and you just have no idea what they're doing with their lives, if they're still even pursuing <laughs> acting or what, like, mm-hmm. and they, like, just go back to their normal lives, and you'll never encounter them again. Yeah, and it's weird, man, because, uh, like I mentioned in the last podcast, I do a little bit of, of short film work and small features. Uh, locally i've worked on some things so it it is weird because there's all these people that act that you may not even know and they all have regular jobs but on the weekend they're at somebody's set all day yeah (laughs) so it's like but people really will uh and i I mean i do it i got a side business so outside of my nine to five so people will will do whatever it takes to live their dream and for sure in this movie we find out people will do some awful things if they, if they really want it bad enough. But, uh, okay, um, and then uh, anything else we want to cover on that? I think, because they didn't really uh, go into in-depth, the directors, about anything except for I the think character. I kind of went over everything in, like, the trivia section that, like, I had kind of picked up on. Oh, hold on. One, one more thing I want to oh, yeah. mention yeah, before ahead. we jump in. Yeah. Uh, our actor, uh, Alexandra, that plays Sarah. Um yep. She is actually really into movies. She's really into classic movies. She's really, she could join the cinephiles. She could join because she's into all of the old classics. She loves horror. So I thought it was cool because in the interview, there was actually a moment where her and the director had like about a two to three minute convo about all these older movies and different things that had inspired them. So she's really all in on movies. If, If you look at her performance, I think you can tell that she was not, holding back on some of that stuff, the physical nature of it. So, Oh, and especially because of the... We probably will get into a little bit more of this, but, like, the wall that she has in her room of all of the old starlets. Like, yes, yes. It, it almost makes me, I like, that knowing nice that, trick. she probably knows who all of these actresses are, or at least, like, one of their major yeah. roles that they actually played in. And they didn't say it, but I wonder if she probably helped pick that, maybe. I wouldn't be surprised. I would With her knowledge, either. her and the director's yep. knowledge, I bet they sat down together and talked about it and just came up with a long list <laughs> of names, just like that. <laughs> but okay, man, we can go ahead and jump into it. All right, sounds good. Now, we kick this movie off with where we actually see our main character of Sarah, who, like we said, is Alex Esso. And she's actually looking in a mirror at herself and I thought this was actually some really good acting out of her, you know, right from the get-go because she looks frazzled as she's in her underwear and is analyzing her body very harshly. And for me, this really seems to set the tone for, you know, working in the industry, especially as like a woman that a lot of what you're going to end up doing is based on your looks. And mm-hmm. she just looks so just disheartened about her body even though i thought it looked you know completely fine and she looks great yeah and, and she was pinching inches not even an inch of fat or anything when she was exactly measuring you know what did you was i tripping or was there like a weird groaning during that, that first credit before you see her um, was there like a weird sound of, like it's not like it sounds like a, a sound from later in the movie maybe 
it's well, at possible. the very beginning there was like a like a like a weird and then then it shows her in the mirror like when it pops up i think you might be right i think you might be right if not i know that this whole soundtrack is synthesizer so they could be so i think it's if it's not an actual like that it's probably them I think it is foreshadowing regardless, but it could be the soundtrack they were working with. Yeah. Because I was like, I'm going to give them credit for it because it was like, because to me, the monster is her weird look at herself to where she doesn't think she's good enough. Oh, yeah. She's really, I mean, she's super and, critical. And that's the monster to me. Like, So I was like, wow, that's a cool way to, to show what her problem is right away. <laughs> yep, I agree. Yeah. All right, man. So where we go? We go to her tater tot job. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yep. She goes to and, her job. That's her day job at a Hooters style restaurant for potatoes called Big Taters. And this is something that I, I didn't mention a while ago, but I do remember them saying it. All this stuff was created for this movie. So this isn't a okay. real place. But they created the logos and the little pants and everything just for this movie. Okay. So this is actually taking place in some other restaurant. That they... Yeah, but it's kind of interesting, though, because the outfits they wear there, instead of like the. They wear these. Uh, spandex-like pants that I believe are potatoes. Are I think that's what it's supposed <laughs> to be on them. And yeah, it's got like I mean, printed potatoes on them. Yeah. Yes. Yep. And then this is actually interesting because the character actor of Pat Healy pay, plays her boss, who is named. Uh, let me look that up real quick here. Of Carl. Carl. And yeah. this is kind of interesting because. As we've seen in the previous scene where she's, like, looking over her body is he makes a comment about he doesn't know where – she's not supposed to have her phone on her, but he's not really sure where she is, you know, keeping her phone. And it's kind of weird being in line with the whole, like, boss-employee kind of relationship there that's a little bit inappropriate. And he does try to play it off when he has – one of his other employees kind of gives him a look. Yeah, that's what I was going to bring up because when she's walking away, he's checking her out. Oh yeah, for sure. He's not. He's not. He's checking her out. It's, yeah. That's what he's doing. And that—that's a moment that happens in real life. I think. Oh, where I'm sure. I've had that moment where, and I—and I'm not gonna lie to you. Sorry, I don't want to break anybody's heart. I'm sorry. I've been—I've <laughs> been the guy looking, and I've been the guy that is next to the girl, and you catch eyes with the guys after you just saw him look. It's—it's <laughs> it's a moment that happens, and the guy—the yeah, guy behind the grill does the face you usually make because you kind of make it like. For real, yeah, man, you. you checking her out, man? <laughs> or, or you make like a, yep, you're right. Like you make one yep. of those two looks, you know? And the guy kind of makes a, you're right, look at first, right? Am I tripping? Because he's like, I don't know where she keeps that phone. He's kind of like, yeah. yeah I mean, I I've been in the same boat myself, so I, mean, I can't, you know, <laughs> I can't leave you out high and dry there. But, you know, but it is what it is. But they are setting up, they're setting up Carl as a, a kind of, he's got a he's little, a little bit sleazy, he likes her. Yeah. He's sleazy yeah. and he thinks she's cute. But I think he fits. Like I said, I had never seen any movie with this Pat Healy guy. Okay. But he plays the the middle-aged, taking advantage of teenager stereotype boss, I guess, that you – he plays it to a T, I think. Oh, no, he does a great job with this performance. He's very sleazy, but at the same time, it's exactly what, what you know they would say because they, they think it's so important. Well, I was going to say, that's doing. something, yeah, that we'll probably end up delving into here a little bit later with how things play out with them. But, like, what, like, at first, I kind of disagree with some of the things he's saying, but then I'm starting to reflect on it, and it's like, that's his only, like, 
job. That's his lot in life. Yeah. And like, I can't feel. I mean, I, I feel sad for that's him his, because that's his like perspective that she's that's not taking important. it necessarily seriously, which we'll find out. You know, I mean, she's taking phone calls even in this scene, so you know that she's more worried about her own life. But like, it's to him. This is his lot in life. I think he's the owner of this place actually too, and cause he, he talks about how he's the one that came up with all the designs and all the concepts. Really, I, f- I felt like he was just a manager. I didn't feel like he was the owner. I didn't at first. It's one the later scene when he's given her like an in-depth talk is where he said a few things that I was like, oh, maybe this is more than just him being the manager here. See, I felt like he was like a started on the grill or something, and he came up with these cool ideas and got promoted. That's kind of that's the possible too. Okay, yeah, it yeah. could be that too. Because I, because I, it felt, and we're gonna get to. I don't want to say too much now. But yeah. it felt like he was going to do the same thing <laughs> to her that the other guys did. It's, it felt, I mean, it's possible, it really yeah. felt like that's where it was going. But uh, <laughs> let's let's jump back into the plot, man. We, okay, ourselves. yep. Nope. And then the next thing we get to see is Sarah going to a audition where she's an aspiring actress, but she's struggling. And this is where we really get the first kind of look at kind of a quirk that she has here is that she doesn't do well in the audition and to punish herself will kind of go into a fit and will rip some of her hair out and it's you know, pretty it's, wild yeah and i was i would have liked just like because i never understand why she does that or where yeah. that comes from i would i would have really have liked to get like just a maybe like a quick flash when she was a little girl how she started doing that yeah, because I know they they do say in passing at an audition that we'll get to shortly that she does in passing say that she's something she started doing as a little girl to focus herself. But yeah. the only thing that throws me off there is she's already bombed this audition, so her doing it now doesn't help her focus because she's just going to go home and – I mean, I don't blame yeah, her, but she's going to go home and pout. It doesn't match what they're saying. Yeah, it should be right. the opposite. But, but exactly. um, have you ever seen uh, Leon the Professional? I have not. Okay, it's it's a movie about a, a hitman. And, uh, yep. You, do you know about it? Of it? Yeah, yeah. I know okay, of but, it. I just haven't got around to seeing it. Okay, so the, my point of making it is uh, there's a scene in that movie. Um, I'm trying to think of the, main, the guy's name. Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman plays yep. a, a, a crooked cop that's trying to get the, the hitman. So... He does this weird thing with his head where he, like, how when she's pulling her hair, her neck kind of cracks or something. Oh, yeah. He yeah. does that to himself before he's about to kill somebody. And he does, like, all these weird convulsions like she does. And then he's ready to kill. So I didn't know if if you do your neck a certain way, do you get some kind of euphoric feeling or something? Because it feels like she's almost trying to do a chiropractic move on her own neck or something. The way she's I mean, really she tugging. Did. She does, yeah. She does tug it to like at least one side every time. That does kind of look like me, it's. It reminded me of that movie, so I wasn't sure if that was like a thing that you can do that and it gives you some kind of euphoric. Right. I'm not. I don't know about chiropractors and all that that much, so I don't know. I, mean, <laughs> I know for me, is. when I've cracked my neck, I don't really get like a, a feeling it's like a that. It's a disorientation. I, mean, it, I feel disoriented, kind of. I do normally, and the only thing for me sometimes is that. I sometimes will get, like, a headache that'll be just in, like, centralized in one spot that if I crack my neck, it'll go away. But mm-hmm. I don't really get it a euphoric feeling. It's more of a relief because my 
head doesn't hurt anymore. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Well, well, we're so we're all doing different things. <laughs> right. Get... Right. <laughs> trying to figure okay. this out. <laughs> but I thought it was weird. I just but going back to the movie, I thought it was weird that they never really give you that much information why she does this because she does it. No. Yeah. A couple times in the movie, and I just and I, I would like to know because I felt like she was already she already had an issue or something that. But besides going to this uh, audition and all the stuff we're going to see happen later, right. I thought she already had some kind of creepy issue. Just the way it played, you know? Well, she does kind of seem like an outcast, which we do get to see here shortly. Yeah. Uh, let's um, let's go ahead and keep going, man. So, yeah. Because the next now? she ends up, the next, I think it's the next morning, is she is having her coffee and looking up auditions where she ends up finding one for a film called The Silver Scream, which I oh, did yeah. find to be pretty interesting, especially when we learn more about the production company that is behind it. Yeah, the play, it's kind of a play on words, really. For sure. Which I thought was kind of cool. But then from here, Sarah goes to a party with her roommate, and I guess they're still kind of Sarah's friends, but they're more of her roommate's friends. Yeah, that it feels, she kind really, of introduced it feels her to. a lot. It feels a lot like they're roommates, friends, and they, oh, she yeah. just kind of is the just kind of tags out, along. Hang, yeah, tagging along. Now, yeah. I'll ask you this, man, and we can come back to it at the end, maybe. Okay. But did you catch the line at the end about the, the relationship between her and her friend, her roommate? I. Did you catch their relationship? I all I know is that they were roommates. I don't know if I missed so so apparently they line. and I I think I should bring it up here. Okay. Because I don't, I don't, it's not that big of a deal, but uh, at the uh, closer to the end, there's a comment she makes where uh, she tells her um, to come and lay with her like they used to when they first met. Oh, and I uh, do remember that. That, that now, leads yeah. to like to me, it sounds like they had a relationship, and then like kind of okay. maybe they were like, oh, it was fun, but let's just be friends, but we can still live together type deal. Hmm. It feels like, but I didn't think that in the movie until she said it at the end. I was like, oh, so that's. You're why right. Just yeah. Hanging out, maybe. That's probably why I didn't even think about it, but I do remember that scene right there at the very end. Because I didn't understand why they were friends. Because she didn't really seem. She didn't seem like seemed... her to why they would be friends. So I didn't understand why they would even be roommates. Well, because it kind of seems like this group of friends outside of Sarah have known each other since school, where it looks like Sarah was. I thought it was more of like. She was looking on Craigslist or something along those lines where she found, like, a bulletin board and kind of answered an ad, and that's how they became roommates. Because they don't really seem – like, they seem to get along, but as we see at this party, Sarah doesn't seem to like the rest of the group for the most part. Out, well, yeah, I mean, she doesn't like some of the girls at least. But they're really catty. <laughs> they're very catty, like, yeah. It was weird. Like, like we get the scene where the uh, – we're at the party already, right, before I start yep. – Yep. But we get the scene. Oh, I took your role. Like, sorry, yep. I took your. Like, and it's so, for a like, commercial. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> like, what are you doing, man? Like, but everybody seems kind of like I like I've been in in places like that where you're meeting where a lot of actors and people have like these really weird senses of grandeur when everybody's doing the same thing. Everybody's trying to do and but there's people that have a sense of grandeur like that that they just oh, want to one up people and and yep. tear down what they're doing. And say what they're doing's better and all that, and I just get that vibe from this from this group. Kinda, well, the thing know? that I kind of took is that I know that's Aaron, is she's the one who's like very mean. 
where mm. I feel like that's her, but I don't really necessarily oh, get that know, from the rest of the group. Cause I mean, yeah, you're like, right. I, actually, because um, I feel like it's just Aaron and who's the other friend? The one that's always following and tagging along with her, I think it's Ashley. Ashley, okay. Yeah. Man, I think Ashley may be just a repeater. She just repeats yeah. what she says, maybe. She doesn't really. She seems very ditzy, where I don't yeah. think she really adds a whole lot, but just like you said, kind of goes along with what Aaron wants to do, because like. Danny, who's the more of like the director of the group, he really is trying his hardest to include Sarah, and he does seem, you know, genuinely interested in helping her. Yeah, I think you're right because he also uh, is really into being part of what she's a part of. Yep. And it seems like because he understands that she's going to be part of something that's actually real. And then anytime that she has something, he's always like, oh, that's great. Like, that company's back on the up and up. And always trying to encourage her and yeah. not break her down like Aaron. So he is, he is on her side. Uh, yep. But it's, it's just the girls that are more catty on it. Right. And even when you find out that her roommate is, and we'll talk about it here in a moment, what happens in the interview, but that her roommate is kind of telling everything that they're talking about. She is a very is tattletale like character where she does it's one thing to kind of share like good news, but she'll even share stuff that's private. Yeah. And I mean it's a kind of a it's a big Do violation you, of trust. You feel like she may be a follower too and Aaron's telling her, "Hey, what's what is she up to?" And she's I just spilling so. it. Is that the kind of cuz she seems kind of weak too, honestly. I kind of think it's along those. I mean, I do think because I think Tracy is the roommate. I think she genuinely does care about Sarah, but I just think she's a little bit loose-lipped, and I do think it's partially. So you don't that think she's trying she, to like fit in with Aaron? Or well, I was gonna to say, I think it's kind of something like that too, where because she's known these girls as well so long that she kind of just will give this information just so that way Aaron doesn't necessarily turn on her. Yeah. Yeah. Keep keep everything keep the the length the chain of command. I guess. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's go ahead and. Uh, but yeah, this is a weird party though. See, this is an interesting whole dynamic though. Is Sarah seems very uneasy and not very confident, which is kind of intriguing if you're going to be an actress, especially somebody that's going for leading roles, because that's one of the things you really need to do is you know show that confidence and kind of take over these characters and yeah. she seems to have a panic attack and goes to hide in the bathroom at first before leaving mm -hmm. and that's when Danny's really you know talking to her about a script that he has and really wants her to you know kind of work with him but that's where she learns that she gets a phone call that she has an audition for what she applied for earlier that day yeah and you know what I was kind of weird about him because I didn't know if that was a line. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't know if he I was, felt like it was at first, where I was like, this guy just seems like he's using this to get laid almost. Yeah, because that's, that's a line you hear. I got a film, and you're perfect for it. I got a, what is it? Right. I got a role for you. No, I got the... Sorry. I got to get this <laughs> right. Okay, I got, a, I got a part for you. I got the perfect part for you. Never mind. <laughs> I'm breaking up the joke. <laughs> something like that. I got the perfect part for you, or something like that. Yep. It's a phallic, it's a phallic joke. Sorry, guys. Okay, uh, <laughs> but anyways, like, uh, yeah, but it felt it felt weird. But then, like, the more he was talking about it, then I was like, well, maybe, maybe he's yeah. genuine. I don't know. It's the more that it goes on, the more that I kind of got away from that he's being creepy, and more that he is like trying he to almost, ease his mind. I think it's partially that, and I also think that this group of people seems to be a lot of like talkers. And I think 
when she kind of gets down, it kind of inspires him to be like, you know what? Screw it. Instead of us trying to like keep talking about this stuff, let's just make a movie. Oh, and that's where you know I what? really started being like, okay, this guy's legit. He's not sitting here and just feeding lines. And I want to get back to something you and me were talking about before the podcast, right at this moment. Yeah. Um, this is what we were talking about, how they were using their own life experiences. Yep. Because the movie, like this, this friend group, like we were talking about really felt like this was their maybe life experience mm-hmm. and specifically with the line you just gave because that's something the director said that they stopped uh, thinking about you know making these giant movies and then trying to get them funded later and they started just looking at what they actually could make and then just making it and that's what that guy is pretty much talking about hey let's just make a movie let's stop right. so it comes back to what we were talking about how they were using their own life experiences as you know writers and a group of writer, director, actors, probably, and kind of mirroring that in this movie. And it makes it feel more real. Yeah, because it's their real experiences, you know? Right. Yeah, that always makes it better. So um, let's go ahead and jump back on. Uh, let me see. And then, you want to the interview yeah. next? Yep. Next thing is she goes to that audition, which I thought was kind of cool is – or no, first she actually has the nightmare where oh, she yeah. is, is at weird... the audition and yeah. can't remember her lines, and then and she looks see, out like... and the paper is – blank yeah yeah it's it's really weird i I love how it's set up though with the first the little drips of blood on the paper well first what you said you can't she can't see it and we see that the it's just highlighted and no words and then it's blood dripping and i thought like it's her nose bleeding and then we see it from her head i was like wow that's a nice that was a really good scene i thought and it's one of those things, like, I'm not always the biggest fan of nightmare sequences, because I think mm-hmm. sometimes some directors use it as, like, a cop-out. But what they did here with it, I thought was great, especially with what they do in the next scene. Yeah, because it was kind of kind of like more of a setup, kind of. Yeah. Because you're, you're inside her head of what, what And you're seeing her fears. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, but yeah, I know what you're saying, because some people will... <laughs> They will use a dream sequence for for no reason, really. Not not for right. the reason it should be used for. So yeah, I'm totally with you on that. And okay, then, so. then she ends up going to the actual interview where it's interesting that it starts off where as she's walking down the hallway, a girl is running down that hall crying, mm-hmm. as we can kind of get the idea that she you know bombed her audition, and then we get to actually see Sarah when she goes in, which I've never actually done an audition, but. The situation she's in with the guy who is not very nice and very just matter-of-fact with her. And then Mm -hmm. at that time, you also have the creepy older lady who's not talking. Yeah, they're they're both very (laughs) creepy looking. (laughs) (laughs) Or I probably wouldn't be able to do a good job there either. They're a perfect setup for what we're going to get to later. (laughs) Yep. And then... What I think is interesting here, though, is I think she nails this audition, though. Like, she overcomes her fear that she's going to forget her lines and just shows a lot of emotion, shows a lot of, like, character. And no matter what she does, though, they really don't seem to give her that much attention to it Mm -hmm. and just tell her that they'll keep in touch, which I'm assuming is, you know, kind of the line that people do when they're not necessarily impressed with you and just kind of giving you like the political answer uh so they're not you know breaking your heart in front of you yeah and i think a lot of times when you're going to that kind of situation sometimes they tell you what they're looking for and sometimes they don't right so she doesn't know if the way that she's doing it is really what they're looking for she's not sure yeah but she but yeah i think she was doing a good job but it's just like 
if you don't know what they're looking for, you don't know if they want it that way or if, you, if they want it a different way. And they don't even give her any feedback or anything when she asks for it. No, they don't. And that, but that's how it is. It's, it's cold like that sometimes, where you don't know right. if you did. Kind of like what you were saying earlier. Like you don't know if you did good or bad, but then you know you never hear back from the person ever again to know. <laughs> right. And it could be just that that you might have did good, but it's just like I said, it wasn't what they were looking for. And we're right. gonna find out that they're looking for something very specific. Yes, here in they the are. Moment. <laughs> yep. Because then after she leaves the audition room, she decides to go into the bathroom stall to go into one of her fits where she pulls her hair out and I actually really liked a cool shot that they did here where she sits down on the toilet and you can see her hair hanging down and slowly oh, yeah. her hands remove hair and you can yeah. see that she's pulling out clumps of it as a punishment but her going into this fit actually works out in her favor because when she goes to leave the stall the creepy woman from the audition is standing there and asks what she was doing and I think it's interesting they just call her the casting director in the right. But I got a question here because I'm thinking about it right now. How does she have a head of hair? I feel like she's. I mean, I don't understand how that works because I feel like she's pulling out a lot of hair. So shouldn't her hair be damaged in some kind of way or her scalp? I don't it know is how that interesting works. because I agree is that she does seem like how violent she's doing it you would assume she's pulling out like chunks but yeah. when they actually show it it only looks like she's ripping out just like a little bit so i mean this i think is kind of the sound uh, effects makes it more intense but it's really yes not... <laughs> exactly exactly where it's not nearly as vicious as it actually is and then from there she wants her to go back into the audition room and actually do the hair pulling thing again and do it in front of them. But at first she refuses to do it and is a little bit leery about it. But then she does uh, decide to change her mind and actually do it because she badly wants this role. So how, how is she able just to pull this though? Is she just thinking, what is she? I wonder what she's thinking about to, to pull that. Cause she pulls it out. But if the other time it was driven by her feeling like they didn't like her in the role, right? Right, her failing. I think it's more of just she doesn't want to fail again, and she's just deciding that she's willing to go, you know, all the way and do this in front of them, and hoping the opportunity to, uh, you know, get this position. So I wonder, does the neck thing do something to her, like put her in a weird? Because like when she, when she, after she does it, she falls down and she's like, ah, she's screaming and everything. Yeah, she gets very violent like in this one where she starts riding like it's and stuff. Yeah, or something like. I mean, she's selling it. She's selling it, hundred percent. Oh but, no, for sure. <laughs> but I was just wondering, like, how is she pulling this? Is she just thinking about the past, or I don't know? But she sells it, and but I feel like she's about to turn into uh, some kind of monster at this moment when she's on the ground. It does kind of seem like it. Cause I, I, I never really, I saw the trailer, but I never really knew what this movie was. I knew the premise, but I didn't understand. And I didn't look up like a Wikipedia to, to get the details. I just kind of wanted to wait. So right. I'm still at this point when I'm watching it the first time, not sure what this movie's about. <laughs> so I'm thinking right. maybe she's already <laughs> possessed or something. So I'm thinking something like that's happening. I didn't know what was happening. But uh, I, I think it's back to what we said a while ago. Uh, it's cold. It's still kind of cold on the performance, right? Didn't it feel like that? Oh, yeah. Oh, I for sure. Because when she walks out, I mean... I got the impression that she feels pretty broken because she 
shows more vulnerability than she probably ever has in an audition, and they still just kind of give her the, like, yeah, we'll be in touch. Yeah, and that's, but, and, and I mean, she, I felt like in that moment, she felt like she gave him what they wanted, so then she's still yeah. kind of confused, and she's leaving, like, great, so does that, <laughs> what does that mean? You know, like, did I get it or not? Like, yeah. <laughs> right. I gave you everything. I pulled my hair out and screamed, <laughs> what, what did you want? It's called Silver Scream, come on. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, let's go. Let's get back on, man. So where, where are we going? And then, to? um, I think from here we get a scene where Tracy, her roommate, asks her how it went and tries to cheer her up because Sarah doesn't feel she, you know, got the role, and you know wants to be alone. And I believe she also has some people over at that time, some of the friends. Oh yeah, yeah. And. I think this is kind of just an interesting scene just to throw in here. Like, it's not that important, mm-hmm. but I like that you can hear through the walls and that Sarah can kind of hear that a couple things are being said about her. Yeah, yeah. And that's why I really kind of think they just wanted to establish that this kind of happens behind her back and that this is going to happen going forward as well. Yeah, and that kind of sets up that Tracy's telling everything. The roommate. Exactly. Yeah, so it kind of sets her up as not a, not a great friend to do that to your other friend. And then things actually take a turn from here as Sarah goes back to her job at the Tater place. <laughs> and her boss gets upset with her, but she gets a call and... I thought I said no phones. Has, <laughs> right. And not only that, but she ends up missing the call, but calls it back. Mm-hmm. And it's the guy that was in the audition who, I mean, he's pretty rude to her. And... But ends up telling her that she's been asked to come in for a second interview. Yeah, and she's she's excited because she's like, she really didn't know how it went. <laughs> and after she had gave everything, right. both both times, mind you. So, you know, that's like, wow, like I'm finally going to get the chance to make it. So you can kind of see that in her, her, her reaction to it for sure. And that's actually kind of interesting because this is where we get the conversation, the first one at least, where... Carl and Sarah are talking about the importance of this job where he's going on and on about how important it is and this actually makes her kind of reflect inside that she needs to figure out if she you know wants to keep this real world job so she can pay the bills or if she should just you know go all the way with this for this dream job that she thinks is in front of her possibility yeah and that's the struggle when you're trying to chase a dream and have a job it's like the time you just don't have enough time and, right. and when you're doing something you really want to do as the thing you're chasing, the, the regular job just seems dull and boring and it's not it's not what you want to be doing. <laughs> so it's not and you can see that like in the in the shots, like did we get to the birthday song already or does that happen at this moment? Right, right um, I think this. it's at this moment. Yeah. Or I think it's I think it might have been right before this because she's really not singing yeah, she's not and into this it. is where he, And everybody else seems yep. really into it. And this is where he's like, don't you want to be a tater girl? And this is where she's really like, do I really want to yeah, be? Yeah, is that what I want for my life? <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing. Like, And people feel like you got to just jump into things like like when you're chasing your dreams. But it's scary because it might not work out the way you think it is. So. And, well, it's a tightrope. And yeah. I mean, and they bring it up later is that these jobs out here aren't the easiest to find because there are so many people like you mm-hmm. that want similar jobs that yeah. if you give one up, you might not find one for a little while. Yeah, even even the, the smaller jobs like that, this is a, something like, you never know. Yeah. Just with how it goes. But, uh, okay, so let's, uh, and again, he, he's well, very creepy in that yeah. scene still. Like, I, I always feel like he's creepy. He does come off a little bit pervy there for sure. I always, I'm but... always waiting for him 
to make her an offer. I'm always waiting for him to. I'm, I'm ready for it every time he's on screen to make her a lewd offer. It does kind of come off that way. I'm like, when is he gonna ask her to, to go to the back room with him? I know he's going to, but it never it never did happen though. But I thought it was going. No, to. he did keep it like yeah, he did keep it fairly professional. <laughs> I will give him that. Yeah, for real. Okay, man. So let's go ahead and go back to our second interview. Yeah, we do have a very. Uh, oh, this, this is, is another scene that I think is being pulled from the real world experiences for this second audition where she comes in and there's just a spotlight on her oh yeah 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 because that's what the guy said happened to him apparently and you know something funny yep. about that did you hear like about david lynch that he doesn't do auditions i know he's that? a really weird guy no that's what they said in the uh in the interviews they said that the weird thing about him is he doesn't even do auditions he picks people based on what they've done you know, I believe that because I just heard an interview of somebody who's worked in a movie that he's done, and he only got a job with it because I think he was on Twin Peaks for, like, an episode as a just minor character. <laughs> but David Lynch saw something in him and then reached out to him to be, you know, like a main actor in a sh in one of his movies. Yeah, so they got triple-eyed because <laughs> David Lynch doesn't even <laughs> do auditions, which is weird. But... <laughs> That was but funny. this interview would be weird if you're a guy to do because they ask her to disrobe, yeah, and then it's, they start taking pictures of her. Yeah, I thought it was it was kind of weird. Again, I don't know where this movie's going, so then right. I'm still under the impression that she could be have a demon inside of her already, or she's possessed or something. So I'm thinking. Well, it's interesting I'm you say that. Yeah, something else here, not not what we're gonna get. Well, what I like about this scene is that when the flashes are going and with the soundtrack they sync up with it, it got my anxiety going. Yeah. And But on top of that, we do get to see a few different times that you get flashes of her looking like a demon at this point. Yeah. And then it goes back to, you know, being normal and everything. And she's given herself over to, I mean, pretty much going into, like, ecstasy as she gets into what she's doing here. Yeah. But, I mean, this does make me think that... And, it, and, and this I part of the interview is to see that she can kind of fall into that. Yeah, and I thought it was kind of, it was kind of cool how the guy that was it. She was like, uh, transform and all that stuff. You're like they're yep. talking about all that kind of stuff. You got to open yourself up to transform and all that. That's, yep. it's really, but you don't see them, which makes it more creepy. You just, oh for sure. You just seeing her. You can just hear their voice every now and then. But you know what I think is interesting about that from being behind in front of the camera if you're in front of the camera and they have all the lights on you sometimes you can't see past the lights. oh i'm sure either. oh yeah i believe it so it's just a voice telling you what to do so i thought that was an interesting way to capture that feeling too in a, in a real creepy like you're saying like real kind of a creepier way because the adrenaline, yeah. adrenaline i like i like the music they were using for that too because i could feel it like the real tension kind of building yep, up for sure yeah for sure and then it's at the end of this that we realize the casting director is wearing, at first I thought it was a pentagram, but seeing it later in the movie, it is a star, but it's pentagram kind of a different variation on it. Yeah. It's like a pentagram-esque star. And she also has some really bad teeth that I noticed at this point, too, where they kind of look like they were yeah. starting to rot. Yeah, yeah. Was... <laughs> yeah, she's got some teeth. I saw that. Uh... And then... I'll say from here, I know that Sarah starts feeling pretty good like she, you know, nailed that interview, which is one of the first times that we actually kind of start to see her having a little bit of confidence. Yeah. And 
this is when she goes back to her friend's place where they're all hanging out by the pool and this is where Aaron, you know, degrades her about the company she's working for. But Danny's actually really nice about it, talking about it's Astraeus Pictures, which I end up looking that up as I didn't realize that's actually the Greek god of stars. Yes, yes. And that's where they got the name for that, which I thought was kind of a cool thing to play with here. Yeah, that is kind of cool how they did that on that one. Yeah, and they actually did talk about that. Because the, okay. I didn't know what they were saying uh, at the end. Well, at least okay. we'll get to that, but I, I didn't understand that that was the same thing. And then I watched the interview and I was like, oh, okay, I got you. Okay. So, yeah, I, I didn't understand that at first, but then later I saw that little note, too. And kind of what we were going over here with, like, that Sarah's showing a little bit more confidence is we get a scene where she's upstairs talking to Tracy and Aaron's friend Ashley falls and hits her nose. Yeah. And we see Sarah kind of laugh about it. Uh, but I like to see her getting some sort of, like, confidence and kind of getting some of that back. I thought that was a really funny scene, actually, though. So did I. I, that, I, I, I kind of cracked up with her. Cause, yeah, I did. That's what I thought Because I was laughing and the, lady, <laughs> and the friend looks at her like, are you serious? Like, and that's what I would think too. Like, oh, wow. Okay, let me ask you this because it, it's something that kind of. Yeah. Is her. What did she mess up? Because I feel like later we see her again and she doesn't have any issue. Is that. Or am I tripping? Um. She. I don't. I don't feel like there's. I know what you're like talking nose, about, like but I don't. Like nose or face bandage. I think there is, is a scene. I think the next scene where they're watching the audition tapes at Tracy's apartment uh-huh. before Sarah leaves, yeah. I think she's wearing a bandage then. Okay, I'm But then I think there's so part. much. I think enough time goes by after that though, where she's not wearing it ever again though. Well, I say I always, I never have a really good sense of time in the movie either. I don't know how much time passed. This one, I don't really either. Yeah. So I didn't know if they, if it was days passing or weeks passing. I don't know. I, ne- I never got a... I know it wasn't a long time throughout the whole movie, but just seeing the right. scene, I'm not sure how much time has passed. I don't really know either. They don't necessarily do a great job of establishing it. Yeah. I mean, I don't necessarily know if they need to, but... Because, I mean, if, I'm with you, though, is like that, that there are some little things. But audition calls, I mean, it could be weeks before you... or months before you hear anything back. So that's why I'm right. never, never 100% sure what they were going for as far as the time. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Yeah. Okay, well, let's go ahead and keep going then. Let's move back in. All right, and then she ends up getting a phone call where they want her to come meet the producer. And then she also has another nightmare around this point as well. And she ends up getting dressed up to go meet the producer as they send an address where they're, she's supposed to go to. Mm-hmm. And this is another moment where, like, you know, Tracy and most of the people there are, like, you know, wishing her luck where Aaron just is so rude to her you know <laughs> thinking that she's way dressed up for what she's going to do yeah. and that she's trying to, it's trying not going to gonna work out she's tearing, trying to tear pretty much and i'm like okay you're not, what are you doing you're going to sit here on the couch <laughs> right and not do anything yeah so but... i don't know why you have even anything to say at this moment <laughs> and then we get a pretty interesting scene here where she ends up meeting this elderly gentleman who is the producer is he from and I Did don't recognize this guy. He's got like, like we were talking about last week or last time about the the golden ratio. He's got the creepy older guy golden ratio. He could be oh, he could be in any role. movie like this as a creepy older <laughs> yeah. guy. He's got the face for it for sure. Oh, for sure. <laughs> 
and this is kind of interesting though is he goes into this talk about ambition and how it's like the blackest of all human desires yeah. and it's intriguing though being in hollywood because that's the biggest thing that they're casting these young men and women who their biggest desire is to be you know yeah, be famous in these movies so like that's their ambition and everything and you know he starts asking her about if she can play this role and you know talking about the hair pull and thing that she does mm -hmm. and then this is where it gets pretty creepy as he goes you know full weinstein and starts <laughs> to rub her thigh and put his hand between her legs that's a great reference <laughs> Love it. And I you know makes it. this very sexual where yeah. you know it in order for really her to be famous really quick. <laughs> yes. Okay, so I'm trying to remember cuz we cuz we see that the casting director is here, the lady. What did, did yep. we see her earlier? Do we, uh, do we I think know she lets here? Yeah, she's the one that lets her in oh, downstairs. Okay. But I mean, and like, then she's yeah, the she's room? the one that locks she, the door. I thought she. Oh. She's sitting, yeah, kind I of off to left. the side. Okay, I was under the impression that she had left. Okay, got you. They do an interesting thing when she sits down. They start doing the two shot where you just see the producer and then you see Sarah, yeah. and it's only when he sits next to her and starts to kind of put like the moves on her that you notice yeah, that she's sitting next to him. the casting director is there. Yep. Yeah, because I didn't notice. I, I lost track that she was still in the room, so that threw me off. I thought she came out the shadows <laughs> for a yep. second. I was like, what? She's going to watch this? Okay. <laughs> but, uh, but now, nah, yeah, he tries to slip her or something, and uh, a finger. <laughs> and it, she she yes, freaks out and, and, and gets out quick, which I would recommend yep. any lady do if you're in that situation. Just get out if you can. First off. But, I mean, this is kind of going back to the name of the film that they're trying to make of the Silver Scream is like – this is a common thing that happened in like old Hollywood yeah. and this film company is supposed to be one of the older ones. So like, it seems like they've never, you know, gotten past this whole mindset. Yeah. And I mean, we see that there's much more behind it here in a little bit, but like, this is what wonder, a lot of young actresses had to do. I wonder if that was a reference. Cause earlier in the movie, I think it was Danny that says that the company had fallen off, but yes, they're coming yep. back. Is that a reference yep, that to maybe, back on the... Was that a reference to maybe some sexual uh, inappropriate things happening or something as well? I mean, I didn't think about it, but that's a good... Like they have fallen... I mean, like maybe they had some actresses that, went, I don't know, they had fallen off recently or something. I don't it know. It could have been. And, and not only that, but I mean, since their whole thing is like based around stars, I mean, that they're rising back up, which I mean... You know, kind of one of those things where, as you know, it's starting to get dark again, mm -hmm. and then you also have, like you said, that there has been this rise. And I mean, I don't necessarily want to say a rise. I think it's more of things being revealed in Hollywood that are actually going on that are now starting to be cleaned up. Yeah, yeah, I got you. Yeah, but uh, she and, gets out. And of then, there. yes, she does, and she ends up. From here, we get a kind of an interesting look at her character because she. Th think she's made the right decision she apologizes to get her job back at the tater place but we see the whole time that she's second guessing herself like should i have allowed him to do what he wanted or should i have fled like i did yeah she she has because is this when she goes to the pool party uh, that happens shortly after this, but she gets her job back first, but we see she's not happy, yeah. and that's where we get to talk with Carl about how important the business is to run, and this is where I kind of started feeling a little bit bad in hating him, because 
this is his livelihood and this is the job that in a business he's trying to run yeah. and, and he's not really you know, he does need the workers yeah but he's not he's looking at it from that like you're saying that standpoint because yeah from I, like I don't a real world like perspective when he's saying how talented she is i don't feel like that's oh no genuine. i don't think so because you wouldn't tell somebody who thought they were that talented to come back and work in a place like that. I don't think you would. Well, not like that, but I mean, and I feel like when he's saying that she's more talent, uh, that she's very talented, he means that she's talented to work at this restaurant, not so much that she's gonna make it as a star. Or does he mean? I think he's kind of. Does just he mean like, she's talented like she has a nice body? Are we talking about it that? Could also level? be that. Which would fit just, in with the type so of restaurant. Yeah. And there, but you know what? I, the way that he's like, there's so many people. I don't think there's. I think there's people that would get the job. I don't think there's so many people. That may be. I, I don't think he's having his door beat down yeah, by I think like he's hundreds of people. His own horn a little bit to try to before she comes back. Like, hey, you know. And I mean, I kind of think it's what we kind of were referring to a little bit ago that like there's a lot of like actors and actresses that'll take jobs like this. So yes, eventually he probably could have filled the position mm-hmm. fairly easily, but like. But it would. Not it's not a line of time people outside he, waiting for that. Exactly. You know? That's a that's a backup job for somebody. Exactly. But um, yeah. But I think in this whole sequence, like the scenes that we're about to talk about, you know, starting off with this one, we really do kind of get her having that internal conflict of what oh, yeah. what what do I really want and what's what am I willing to do and what's worth me doing. Exactly. For what I, you know, am I going to do it for tape? And I, <laughs> though, I'm about to jump off the point I was making because I was waiting for him to make the offer at this moment. I thought for sure. This is where the oh, offer yeah. was going to be. If you want your job back, boom. That's what you got to do. I thought we were looking at that kind of scenario, but no, it didn't it didn't get there, but I was I thought I thought we were looking at a repeat of the audition. Is what I thought we were looking at at first. But uh <laughs> but yeah, but I thought um I thought it was cool how they did this next sequence of scenes though. How they kind of show her weighing oh, out sure. weighing out her life and her goals and dreams and what she's really willing oh, yeah. to do to achieve them. And I mean, at this is where we've seen her like sink in depression and, you know, settling into the realization that she's probably not going to make it, even though I understand, though, like she thought she had this part and then she didn't get it. So, like, it's probably pretty disheartening to be in that moment. But this is where we get an interesting scene, though, where Danny is actually very kind. And this is what we were kind of talking about, where he reveals that he really does want her to be in the movie and that he wants to make and that it almost feels like. The whole group decides, like, "Hey, let's stop talking about it and actually go out and make this movie." Mm-hmm. And is this? Um, hold on, let me make sure. Is this where um, she sees like that? Uh, no, I'm, I'm thinking I'm jumping ahead, man. Hold on, you jump back in. Hold on. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this is where she asks if he has any champagne, and instead he gives her a drug, which I'm oh, assuming yes, was yes, ecstasy, but I'm not 100% sure if that's what it was. I felt like that's what it was. And this too. is where everybody jumps into the pool. And she kind of slowly trails behind them. And then does her... This was, I think that was, you think that was an intentional? How everybody else kind of jumped in and she was kind of lagging? Oh, I, for, I think for sure because I think she's indecisive on what she should be doing right now. Yeah, so she was, And they, it's after she jumps in is when she, you know decides I'm going to just give in to my fears and just go ahead and take this that was degrading her, so that her act so I can get the job. I think so. That's why I took it. Because you follow her down to the bottom, kind of. Which I thought was and not only that, but I took it that way as well because she's very tranquil when she's in the pool, mm-hmm. and that's almost me being like, 
oh, she's decided that she's going to go ahead and do this, and now she's at peace because, you know, she's given up this inner turmoil and is just going to give in. Yeah, because, I mean, that's, I think it's interesting, like, because that's, that really is a choice people have to make. <laughs> so, yeah, and it's, there's a lot of bad and things I mean, like, with that. I personally wouldn't look down on somebody that decided to go that route because, I mean, I mean, a lot of people have gone that route. So. Yeah, and I mean, <laughs> I can't tell stories, anybody but... how to live their life or what to do. So, like, if this is the decision that you feel is right, like, just go ahead and, you know, like, own it. But that's about the extent of it. Yeah, for sure. And then from the pool here I mean, is she, where she she's goes. She's on it, though. We'll oh, I was going to say, yeah, she goes back inside and ends up calling back the company and she has to leave them a message but they immediately call her back with an address that she has to be in an hour of course <laughs> of course they're gonna call her right back <laughs> i was thinking and I mean, she actually like, does wow. get dressed up too <laughs> yeah this is kind of a weird not weird but like she knows what she's going there to do and she's dressed accordingly even not only that but it's interesting though when she's on the subway platform because you can see that she's high because she's like yeah. kind of loose on her legs a little yeah, bit where she's a, like wobbling yeah there's a weird like she's kind of maybe she took some more drugs you think it's possible or she's still or it's one of those things where the longer it goes the more it's like hitting her as it you know settles in yeah 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 but you can see that like and I, li I like how they show her like you said getting on the subway you kind of get a feel that she's kind of Willing to do whatever it is, but she's still kind of not all, all there, all herself, yep. kind of. Exactly. All right, let's get to and, the groceries. Yeah, and then this is where we get to a pretty interesting scene here where she, uh, they ask her, she ends up going to the building. They ask her if she's willing to give herself up for a new life, yeah. you know, through this role. And another thing that I didn't remember to bring up until just now is they do really well in enticing her because they say that not only are they going to have her be the star of the movie, but they're going to kind of build a career around her. Yeah, they were and they're actually going to have her on the posters and all of the marketing campaigns. So, I mean, they're doing a really good job at, you know, yeah, they, tempting they know her with wants. these things. That, yeah, they know what exactly. she wants, and they're offering her everything she wants. And then this is where we're seeing where we, on the producer's hand, we actually see he has that weird, like, pentagram-like star burned there. Yeah. And then he undoes his pants while she's on her knees. But then this is actually, I thought, was kind of a cool way to do this is they cut away from it and show a bunch of masked people enter the room. Yeah, that and was And then we creepy. just kind of go back to the audition again where it's just like flashes of things that we get to see. Yeah, that, I, I thought that was kind of cool that we didn't we didn't have to see it. But like, Yeah, we, like you don't need to show it you know, you for, know what like, happened. to get the point across. Yeah, you, know, exactly. you know what happened. Those, yeah, those, those weird people, though, that was kind of weird and creepy. Yeah, the, for sure. the minion type guys there. Yeah, I didn't know, and and they, they come back later on as well. But yes, they do. Yeah, that was yep. really creepy. So, but some I wasn't sure about this. Uh, the actual producer guy. What is he? Well, I don't want to because we don't we haven't talked about what the actual when they what they haven't talked about when they pulled the curtain back yet. So I don't know if I should say <laughs> what it is, but I didn't I didn't get the feeling that he was supernatural at all i don't think he is and i don't think anybody in this group is i actually think that what gets revealed right there at the end is the only person that's supernatural in this whole thing oh okay i think they all are there just to call upon this oh wait a minute wait a minute i didn't even think about that you just blew my mind david <laughs> 
Wow. I think, yeah. Wow. Like, we can get to that at the okay, very okay. end Re when we get the true like reveal that. of it. Wow, that just... But yeah, <laughs> but I think that's what it is. Oh, wow. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I had a real, like, yep. uh, hereditary vibe <laughs> for a second. <laughs> it does come off of that way, yeah, for sure. Okay, I like that. And then... We get a kind of weird scene, too, here where she ends up waking up at home, not knowing how she got there. She's still in her dress, but I know one of her stockings is kind of half off, and she's just not feeling well. And her stomach is hurting and remembers nothing. So, I mean, it looks like she's almost like a hangover, just way worse, yeah. because she looks sick now. Yeah, yeah. And I wasn't 100% sure. I wasn't sure what happened. Because right. we do cut away, so I don't know if that's the only... But they mentioned later that that's the only thing that happened, but we really don't know what else could have happened. Yeah. Because since they cut away. Yeah. Then she ends up going to work, which Ooh. is kind of gross, as she's going to get food, and she starts drooling. Yeah, and it's, and... it's like... It's like pussy looking almost it's gross yes and the guy well, i have also noticed too is her nose is like red like yeah noticeably red where like i thought there was some i mean she there's looks, clearly something wrong with her like but i wasn't sure drugs. what was going on like she was strung out on some kind of drug which is what i think her boss thinks she's doing because he ends up sending her home and fires her and she ends up hitting him yeah she freaks out a bit here she and and this is just the beginning of her freaking out <laughs> Yeah, which I mean, yeah. But yeah, but she looks so yeah, she looks like she's been hanging out with people doing drugs and maybe that's what he's thinking, like she's going to these auditions. Oh, I think and, it's one hundred percent, yeah. So but yeah, but she's out and of getting caught up in this whole lifestyle and everything. And does does he have a line? I'm trying to remember, did he tell somebody to go do something after she left? Uh, I feel like I, I think like he, he might have. Because that's that's perfect whenever and a person that does that job or something like that, that, that that's a perfect example. Like when somebody shows more power than them, when they that's all they have type deal, then that's what they would react like. I think they try to belittle somebody. I feel like right. he tells, hey, I told you to go do this or whatever or something. He tells I think somebody. you're right because I think she swats the food out of his hand when they're fighting over it. Yeah. I think he yells at somebody to clean it up, and it didn't click until you were talking. I think that's what it is, yeah. is that he yells at somebody to clean up the mess. Because she got to show power over him by just not throwing the food yes. and walking out. So he's got to regain yep, his, exactly. his status real quick. Hey, I, I'm the boss here. I told you to do this. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, but okay. We can go ahead and jump back to the next one, then. Sarah and now we kind of get a few different like scenes that we have going on here where she ends up going out with Danny and Tracy and all them and all that crew there, but she's clearly sick and I know she ends up throwing up and one of the other guys yeah, slides down drunk, like the right? thing. Yeah, they think she, yeah, exactly. And then I think they might near the end of it start thinking that she might be on something yeah. because she ends up getting up and like pulling her shirt up and dancing and they can clearly see that she's not feeling well. Yeah. But like the only one that's on her side really seems to be Tracy and she ends up cussing her out yeah, she because kind of flips out she's just kind of out of it. Right? Yep. Does she yep. literally push her or something? Yeah, she does, yeah. Yeah, so she's really and I don't like yeah, I still don't know what we're talking about <laughs> when i'm watching this movie so i'm still trying to i wasn't sure where they were necessarily going to go with it either at this point yeah yet. i was still like okay so what and then sarah decides to go back to the building that she had the last sort of interview thing at and finds the doors locked 
and then ends up freaking out on a homeless man that tries to help her when he just asks if she's okay. And she kind of just starts walking around from that point until she makes her way back home where she ends up getting extremely sick and throwing up in the bathroom. And this is where we start to see how sick she is as a bunch of her hair starts to fall out. Is this, uh, yeah, it, it starts getting kind of gross, actually. Is this the maggot? Yes. She's throwing up, like, maggots or something? Uh, yep, that's right around this point, too, where I thought it was kind of cool that she actually had some of those in her mouth yeah. and actually threw them up. But, it, yeah, that's, it's yeah. really weird. Yep. Like, I don't know, like, but she's falling apart. Like, I, I was really wondering, like, what is going on with this? What is happening? Cause I didn't, well, not only that, but I, I also wondered if they were going to play the route where she's pregnant with something yeah, because she lifts felt, her shirt up yeah. and you could see the hand moving around. Yeah, it felt kind of, what do you call it? What was that movie? Rosemary's Baby? Yep. It kind of had a Rosemary's Baby like that something demonic was getting inside of her. But but I felt like it was from the beginning. I didn't know if this it did anything or not. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, okay, sorry about that. Okay, so... And this is where we kind of get some rapid scenes going by as well because I know Tracy... Um, start trying to talk to her and saying how she hasn't been going to work and how she's obsessed with this job that isn't good for her and you know she's behind on what she owes and this is where I found it interesting that she ends up having that envelope of money in her room that was given to her for you know her services already oh, yeah. and she throws that in her face yeah 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 so she had that money ready and I, I forgot because I saw her when she threw the money I was like where'd she get that I was like, oh yeah she got the money from there yeah so that threw me off a little bit now, let me ask you, though, um, did we already get the reveal shot where they, when she's she's dreaming, I believe? Uh, this is right around here as well, where she has that moment where she sees that creepy uh, casting director in her room, yeah. but then she ends up seeing in the mirror, like, her beautiful self yeah. with that star necklace on where she's a demon. Now, I thought, I thought this was the reveal, and it, it kind of yeah. threw me off because I was like, Cause, I, cause she looked like a vampire to me, cause the way her teeth came down, cause her yeah. teeth kind of come down like a vampire, and I'm like, so is this what we're talking about? We're talking about vampires, but I was wrong. <laughs> but I thought that's what we were talking about at this yeah. point, cause I was like, oh, so he bit her neck after the blowjob, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, but okay, I'm sorry. Let's keep going. Yeah, no, then this is where we – I started to wonder at this point when she wakes back up if her body is actually, like, rotting because, like, her fingernails start falling off. Yeah. She's lost pretty much all of the hair on the top of her head. And her eyes also have this weird look about them where they have, like, a film like they're – Yeah, it's like, like almost like glaucoma. Almost. Yeah, it looks yeah. weird. Yeah. They did, and then she's bleeding from, like, a bunch of places. They did a great job. I agree. Yeah, yeah. her, her – uh, not tra- – well, I guess transformation – it's, it's believable and it's subtly creepy as she yep. kind of goes down and down you know so it's like oof but yeah for a small budget film they did good with her with her effects with, I think they did good overall with the oh, with the agree. effects on this movie nothing was over the top it was yeah. all realistic and I do think what I read is that they pretty much went practical with everything that they could and that's pretty impressive to be able to do with such a low budget yeah because when you got a low budget bad 3d sticks out really bad <laughs> you can see bad 3D. oh for sure yeah so if you can go yeah. practical that's that's a better way to go and then from this moment is where she decides to go over to the place where danny and that whole group of friends live and starts to attack this group of people yeah that was weird so 
And I, I want to, before we get too far now, I want to, I want to just say, now, then don't they tell her you have to kill your life? Don't they tell yes, Sarah? Yes, they that? do say that she, that she has to give up her life in order to do this. So, but do they use the words yeah. "kill her life" or "give up her life"? Or, I know I at first like they, it's "give up your life." Okay, I felt like, but they I think said it does change to be "kill." Yeah. I think it starts out that way, and I think it progresses. I think it's actually at the scene where she does finally decide to go all in on everything yeah. that they say you have to kill your old life. Okay, okay. Because I was I was reflecting back to that because I felt like I heard heard the guy say that. So yeah. okay, but yeah, this is so this this is where she's like in darkness or whatever. Yes. Yep. And this is a creepy scene because like she doesn't. <laughs> you can see this. You, I guess that who is this? Uh. Is this Aaron that she's talking yes. to? And she's yeah, where she comes in. Yeah, and they're yep. having a little conversation, and she's kind of uh, talking about the. They're talking about the her doing some get in the road just because she had sex. Or yes, yeah, because that's what. Yeah, because Aaron calls Sarah out for it, and then Sarah tries to turn it around back on her because she had just slept with Danny. Yeah, and and that's what made then, me think I mean, it's Aaron weird. just goes full mean mode. That made me thought it was weird too that she had. Cause they, cause they have a little scene right before this where they're out in his car van or whatever his house van. Yep. And that made me think like yeah, well, we have Danny... Sarah like uh, like peeping in on him. But I'm like, is Danny genuine or is that just his pickup line? That made me think that like, I don't know. I felt the weird. The only thing that makes me think that it might not be is I know Aaron does say that they hooked up back when they were like they've hooked up in the past. Oh, so it almost seems so that was just, to okay. me more of like like, a, a, like they every now and then when you? they're kind of like. Yeah, we're like if they're bored, they'll kind of hook up with each other. So they're just, I still even at this point feel like okay. Danny likes Sarah more. I got you, I got you. Okay, yeah, well I guess you're right because yeah, they kind of seem like just friends hanging out that people that have known each other for a while. And he was all and in I mean, on her Gavin having that big role too. So he was yeah. exactly because he was trying to get her to hook him up. I remember like if you can get get me on there or something, right? And not only like that, but that. I mean, it only seems like he gave Aaron the role because Sarah, Cause you know, decided her. to decided to do like the major role thing here so he's kind of like well i have to find somebody else now yeah so you're right so yeah i guess i guess not but i, I don't know it just felt weird <laughs> but i know what you mean though yeah with everything combined yeah, i think it was just that they had that relationship but uh let's go back to that kitchen so <laughs> yeah because this is uh i mean aaron has a prolonged scene where it all starts off with her getting cut on her face which well first don't you i almost seem to be think bothered her more that it messed up her looks to start out with not so much that she thought she was gonna die but then she turned on the lights first and that's when she like freaks out she does yep and sees like how bad off sarah looks like, oh my god and that's when sarah really freaks out <laughs> yep and slices it what is there any uh any reason why it was just a knife or it wasn't like something they gave her she just got it off the counter or something right yeah, because I thought at first she might have taken one from home, but no. Yeah, she ends up grabbing it off the counter, and that's where she slices her face with it. Okay, I wasn't sure if she got it from the counter or something that they get, that she brought from right. home or they may have given her or something. I didn't, I didn't know. I wasn't clear on that for sure. Okay. And yeah, yeah, she really goes to work on her, actually. Well, it's crazy because she, like, cuts her face first and then, like, I think stabs her a few times. Yeah, and I thought she but was then. Right, and then it looks like she was getting ready to leave, but then one of the other guys who are part of this group comes out, and then she ends up killing him. Yeah. 
But then she ends up seeing that Aaron is crawling across the floor she gets the and bag. then has to go back to stabbing her and then yeah, puts a bag on her head. And that's a really creepy scene, that little that little scene right there where she's pretty oh, much yeah. strangling her to death, you know? I like how that looks. After she's that been was a stabbed. Really, really effective scene. As far as the whole that another one that I liked is when they kill Ashley in the bedroom where she uses the dumbbell to crush the head of her now because that looked real yeah i think it's really something really cool about this movie is that when she goes to that kitchen it just turns into a slasher because it does yeah well, actually she's seeing them as they're in the, in the van so it starts from that moment it just turns into a slasher all of a sudden i was all about that though i was i was down for that i was like wow i mean it does feel like a climax that you'd get in like a Friday the 13th yeah. where everybody is just getting killed, you know, in rapid succession. Yeah, I thought that was actually a cool way to kind of change up the pacing and turn it kind of to Me something too. different. Cuz it was And then I say then from here is just where she ends up talking to Danny briefly mm-hmm. before she ends up stabbing him as well. Yeah, and when she's sitting there with him um this is when, like, she kills him. That's when everybody, all those figures come out again, right? The, yes. The minion yep, the whole guys. mass group ends up showing up. Yep. Because she kind of almost dies on the bench with him. <laughs> it feels like. Yeah. Well, yeah. Actually, maybe. Well, because, I mean, I don't think you're far off there because I think a lot of this is, like, that whatever they did to her is literally, like, poisoning her where it feels like she's just, like, kind of we're saying, like, slowly rotting. So, like... It's finally culminated when she's finished killing all of them. And I, you know what? I thought it was weird. And wait, wait, no, but let's keep going. Let's go ahead and finish it, and we can come back to what I was about to say. Yep, and that's why, like you said, when the bunch of the the cult ends up showing up here, and then we get a pretty interesting scene where Sarah is inside of what seems to be like a plastic bag, which I'm assuming this is supposed to be kind of signifying that she's in like a new womb. Yeah. And then she's kind of birthing and being ripping free. This was the transformation. Where it ends up showing us, yep, where she kind of climbs out of what you were saying, is that she climbs out of the dirt and that she now has sharp fingernails and there's a birthday present for her. I mean, she's waking up completely new. Hey, David, let's let's go back just a little bit because before that, uh, let's let's make sure we, we get it, the context correct. Uh, the the minions come and take her from the bench and take her to the, whatever this place is, and then we see like yeah, it's a like march on a hill. Yeah. yeah, and we see a march of all these like well dressed oh, people yeah. coming up. Yep. Now you know what this reminded me of? I don't know if you're familiar. There was some cult like this in Hollywood already, not not Illuminati, but something else, where they used to yeah. do this these kind of rituals. And I'm trying to think what the name was. I saw it on a. Uh, Joe Rogan podcast. He had a okay. He was talking about um, talking about secret groups, and there was a video they had where somebody I can't think of that guy. He's a real fat guy that's always doing like crazy. He's always saying crazy stuff. I can't think of his name. Uh, but anyways, yeah. um, he had the video of this cult, and they were like I'm doing. Not sure who it offhand. I can't think of his but name. But I know what you're kind of talking but about. But yeah, had, I know what you're talking about though with it. this yeah. cult. And he was showing them doing these rituals and chants. But it was all really rich, like Hollywood elite people, and I'm, I'm talking more like director, producer, higher up people. But they were all, yeah. and it was, but it was real footage of these people with hoods on, carrying these like torches, doing this ritual, and it was like, wow. So this is, so it brought me back when I saw that scene with them walking up. That there were people that actually did something like this in Hollywood. <laughs> Not, oh, I believe it. Yeah. The the. The pagan ritual-looking thing, but now I don't know about the resurrecting people. But we'll, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> we don't know that for a fact. It's not true, though. I don't know. 
Hollywood is a, a place some people never get old, and I don't know how. So I don't know. But, uh, okay, so let's go back to, to her coming out the ground. All right, yeah, and then she ends up just starting to walk, and then we cut to the apartment oh, hey, where and, Tracy and, comes um, home and on, finds David. dirty footprints. Hold on, David. It was at this point where I knew it wasn't a vampire movie because it's daytime, okay, yeah. and she comes out of the ground. Right. So I'm like, okay, so it's not a vampire movie. She's just a demon. Okay. All right, so now let's go back to the apartment. Yep, she finds out there's dirty footprints, and then they find that the shower is dirty, but then she ends up going into Sarah's room, and we see, this is actually pretty creepy, we see that there's somebody under the sheet, Yeah. and then when she pulls it back, we see that it's Sarah without any hair, she's completely naked, and her eyes are different. Yeah, when but she came out, she I think was they did bald. a really good job, too. But she was yeah. bald when she came out of that uh, hairless, I guess, yep. you know, when she came out of that sack. But they also did a good job at making her... I mean, she's already a pretty woman, but they do a great job here at making her look completely stunning with, like, the makeup that they put on her. Oh, yeah. To make her look like she's, you know, perfect and has no blemishes or any sort of, like, imperfections and everything like that. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know and what? And then this, this is, is where Tracy lays down with her. Now, did you see what happened, though? Like, that, this is what I was referring to earlier in the podcast. She looks her in the eyes, and she's like, your eyes are different. But she's got, like, a succubus yes. vampire, like, where she's kind of luring her in with her voice. Like, she's got a power. And she's telling her, like, why don't you come lay down with me like we used to when we first met? Like, she tells her like that. But then she starts hugging like and, that, but and she starts hugging and kissing her. I'm like, oh, my God, they were uh, lovers at some point. That's what I got but from Not only that. that, but there's also a creepy scene, though. Like, a creepy part of dialogue there is when she tells her to come lay down and she says, I don't want to. And then proceeds to do it, so it almost looks like yeah. She says she doesn't want that to. There and is some sort of pop. Yep, exactly. So it was something that maybe she's the one that ended that. Maybe what it feels like. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and her eyes are this really emerald green, and she gets her to sit down. But then this is the uh, we get back into some horror here where she just bites her mouth or something, and she's yeah, just, and like she, she starts bleeding it? from the mouth. Is she drinking the blood or is she just? Keeping her mouth there. It feels like she's I, drinking it. I don't... She or might she just be. Or continuing the kiss. I don't know. I'm not really sure. Because there's a lot I of mean, blood, so you can't I really just tell assume that she's doing. just a demon. Yeah. Well, I mean, she can still drink blood. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's... Yeah. <laughs> I think it's or not it exclusive. Even be, I mean, she doesn't necessarily do it, but it could also be kind of like an uh, Elizabeth Bathory type thing where she could even bathe in it to... Uh, I feel like keep her I feel like blood skin beautiful, but I feel like blood is like the Coca Cola of the demonic world, maybe. Oh, yeah, that's fair. Like, I feel like it's on every corner, and you gotta everybody uses it or whatever. But uh, but yeah, but then like uh, yeah, this it's, it's kind of creepy. This scene right here. Yeah, because this is also where she opens up that birthday present that she had, mm -hmm. and inside is just like clothing, a nice dress, yeah. and then she also has that star necklace that everybody that was in the cult had it, Yeah. and she puts that on, as well as a wig where they she ends up putting that on to make herself you know, look more like how she used to be with, you know, like similar color hair and everything like that, but It's kind of like that image she saw of herself, though. It was pretty close to that. It is. Not only that, but I do feel like they frame the light perfectly to look like a spotlight around her while she's getting dressed as well. Yeah, I think that was intentional for sure. But yeah, and then um, and they kind of ended ambiguous because we don't know what's going to happen after this. She's now this, no, this thing, but what's going to happen? 
Oh, because I mean, now I kind of took it as that this cult had used her and a demon kind of has taken over for her, and that's what the rebirth is. And that oh. they're kind of just saying that, like, fame is a monster, and that she's given herself over to it like they were telling her she has to do if she wants to be a star. Yeah, and I and I felt like, yeah, I, I didn't know for sure what, I still don't know 100% yeah. what I think <laughs> happened. <laughs> because I feel like... But I mean, she, I think it's a strength, though, is that they kind of leave it ambiguous where you can kind of make up your own kind of interpretations. Because like I said, I felt know, like she was already had some kind of demonic openness or something because the way she was acting so maybe I, I kept saying hereditary like she was the girl in hereditary and they knew that she would be the one that they wanted to transfer or something i, I started i started thinking I of all that. these theories that i that could make it make more sense but it just comes down to that's that's the way they wanted to write it maybe i don't know i mean i kind of took it as that she's susceptible to it and they saw that she you know, wants it so bad that she's willing to give in. Yeah, willing to take the next step that others wouldn't, maybe. But exactly. But all she really did was have sex or give him a, a blowjob, really. So I don't right. know. I don't know. We don't know. But I like. <laughs> but I do like the ambiguousness because you can make your own ending. So you, it could be whatever you really, yep. whatever you felt as as you were watching the movie. So that's always good to to give people that option, I guess. Exactly. But okay, man. So. um what, what, oh, I said I was going to bring up something. I forgot what it was now. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, well, don't worry about it. All right, man, you want to go ahead and jump into uh, some reviews? Or you got any final thoughts I... you want to add in on it before we jump into that? No, I mean, I think I kind of, as we were going through everything, hit all the notes that I wanted to kind of go over. I didn't know if you had any kind of last-minute things. I had something I thought into... about a while ago, and then I, I looked okay. at it and didn't write it down, so now I don't remember. So if I jump in here... <laughs> During my review, I might bring it up if I remember it here in a second. That works. That's probably the best way. All right, to kind of just break this down, though, uh, for me, I thought for the acting for this movie, I end up coming in with a four here, okay. as I thought that Alex Esso did a great job as the lead here, mm -hmm. and I almost feel like this is her vehicle, and that everybody else we kind of get are just there kind of in support to kind of shape and mold her character. Yeah. So, I mean... Her alone is a four. I thought everybody else was just kind of fine around her. Mm -hmm. Like, nobody necessarily stood out. So that's why I decided that, you know, four out of five would be my rating on that one. Okay. Uh, what about you? Uh, I could have gave, I gave it a 3.5 uh, okay. for probably the same reasons you did. Most of that is for her. And I really, I did like, the I could have probably went a four, honestly. But like you said, like the side characters. But the ones I really liked were like the people that were just like playing a, 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 a a bit role like the producer the assistant yeah. and then like also like pat healy i liked his role i like those characters yep. but like her friends i didn't really care for them as much so but i'm gonna give it a 3.5 i could have easily gave it a four but i'm gonna go 3.5 okay um and then for me for cinematography i came in with a 4.5 on this one okay just because i thought they did some great jobs with how they frame things mm -hmm. and a lot of this is coming from the audition and the nightmare sequences yeah and on top of that, that whole sequence that turned like slasher that we were talking about, oh, as yeah, well as the whole cult thing, mm -hmm. which I'm glad you brought it up where they're using the glow sticks to make that star like symbol. I thought all those just looked great. And so that's why I came in with a 4.5 there. Okay. Uh, that That's where I'm going to be pretty close to you. I got a four on it. Uh, I thought they did a okay. really good job with it. And, and we're talking about some of the practical effects and stuff and how those looked. Uh, yep. I thought they did a good job with all the makeup. I didn't give them a five, just... I did like the way they, they did a lot of the shots, but 
it just wasn't I couldn't go higher than that just because it wasn't anything that was like I feel like last yeah. week I, I uh, that, the the cinematographer for uh, Super Dark Time like I feel like there was a little bit more put into the cinematography than this movie yep so but I mean I thought it was still good though so that's why I, I'm gonna give it a four and then for me, I went with a four for the music as I did read somewhere that originally they were going to go for a more classical score and somebody had dissuade them. I think the guy who actually did the music and told them to go like the synth type wave music that they used. And I think that works a whole lot better in building tension. I can't go the full five here because I usually kind of reserve that for soundtracks that I'll listen to when I'm not watching this movie. Uh-huh. So that's where I came in with a four here. But I mean, it still got my anxiety going at different times. And if you can make me feel something through the music and I notice it, that really kind of helps keep me, you know, and give you that type of score. Yeah, for me on the music, I mean, I like the, the kind of like synth stuff they use and I like some of the different things. Yep. So I did like the music a lot as far as how it kind of drove the movie a little bit. So yep. uh, I'm going to give it a four. That's, that's probably the highest I can go on it. And that's, I mean, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, I mean, yeah, I can't really But <laughs> I'm with you, man, score. like, if, if it's a soundtrack where I'm not going to listen to it besides the movie, then yeah, I can't, I can never give it a five. I got to take kinda, that and go look up songs for me to really give exactly. it a five, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. And then um, for story and plot, I had to come in here, I came in with a 4.5, I really like the allegories to like old Hollywood that they're using, mm-hmm. as well as bringing the realism that you're getting for these people with uh, the story and everything, and with all that, the only reason I couldn't go fully for the full five here is that there are just some things that I have questions about. I like ambiguous endings, but I don't necessarily think that, I think there's a little bit more they could have gave us here that could have helped form a little bit better opinions yeah i'm with you on that man so on mine i'm gonna give it a four also but i mean i'm gonna give it a what'd you say i'm sorry <laughs> i don't know if you said four i gave mine a 4.5 4. yeah. i'm gonna give it a four uh i like the story i thought it was a creative way to do it you know the way they did um because yeah. it, it's a it's a it's a acting and the process to get a job acting and all that it's it's a weird yep. process and it's a process that not a lot of people know of except for like a really weird some <laughs> I want to say that some guys know about it from from adult websites I think because I heard jokes and memes right. passed around and I kept they kept yep. you want to make a thousand to five thousand dollars they kept playing in my head because there's a meme like that a ton of memes like that yeah but um but I don't know it just <laughs> it was a I think it was a cool way to do this story to tell that story yeah. Uh, but but I really did. I wanted to see her as a little girl or see, understand why she was like that. And then yeah. I never really have a good idea because if when they show the vampire thing, that kind of threw me off because then I was thinking vampire. But then I love how it turns mm-hmm. into a slasher at the very end. So it's like right. I feel like they did the best they could and maybe did a little bit better than what they what somebody else may have done with this specific yeah. story. But but yeah, I'm gonna give it a four. It could have been a. F- Okay. It could be a five if I had a little bit more insight on Sarah and if yeah. I was a little bit more happy with knowing what she became. Or That's maybe fair. or maybe giving us a little bit more about the cult. Maybe just a little two minute scene that gave us something. That that could have made it higher with me, but I'm gonna stay four. Yeah. I can see that. And then for experience, 
I really dug watching this movie. Like, it's one of those ones where I kept hearing people talk about it yeah. and then finally getting a chance to see it. I was really excited. So I came in with a 4.5 because I just had a lot of fun with it. And I think this is one that with multiple viewings, I might be able to kind of pull more things out. And if I can watch a movie over and over again, mm-hmm. that's something that I can, you know, I have to give some credit for there. Okay. Uh, for my experience, I'm going to go with four. Um, okay. I, I had a lot of fours today, huh? <laughs> <laughs> but I'm gonna go for um, because like like you really are on a journey with the with the main character Sarah, and yeah. you're experiencing her life and I mean I think it's a really cool showing just the uncertainty and everything and I felt yep. on the edge at times just because I didn't un- I didn't know what was gonna happen because I never had a clear idea what was going on so I was with her like oh my god what's going on what's who's crooked what's gonna you know so I was. For most of the movie, I was with it, and then when, it, like I said, when it turned slasher, I was all in on it. So yeah, you know, man, I'm gonna give it a, I'm gonna give it a four. My if if I got the scenes I talked about with the plot, then I could have probably given my experience higher because I may have been more satisfied yeah. at the end, maybe. But all in all, I think That's they fair. they put together a nice a nice little ride for us. Here. Oh, I agree. Yeah, for sure. All right, man. So would you recommend it? I would personally. I thought this was, if you're into the kind of satanic cult type movies like that, and especially if you also kind of want to get a little bit of insight into how, like, especially how old Hollywood worked, or even kind of how independent cinema worked, I think this is a film that kind of gives you an interesting take on it that you don't necessarily always get. Yeah, I think so. And with the uh, director and the main actors being really into old cinema, I'm sure they had tons yeah. of tons of stories just in their head to pull from. To kind of craft oh, some sure. of that too, because this is one yeah. where I think she was able to give a lot of insight to her character, from what I remember okay. from the interview. So they let her, you know, make a lot of choices. And also something I didn't bring up, they didn't do a lot of takes in this movie, because a lot of oh, movies okay. there's several takes done. And she was saying, yeah, the most takes they did in the movie were was three for any given scene. Oh wow! And it could some That's... of them, some of them was just one, like the scene where she yeah. freaked out. At the very beginning in the interview, the second in- the interview where she comes out of the bathroom and she does okay, the freak yeah, out for yep. him, that was a one take. She did that all in one take. Oh, wow. So they that's, did a really good impressive. job of, she did a really good job of selling it if they weren't doing more than three takes. Uh, so yeah, given exactly what they were looking for. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, I, I, and also, man, what was your number on that? What was your number grade on it? Um, overall, I would probably give this a nine out of ten for me. Oh, wow. That's really high, man. Yep. Wow. Yep. Okay. Well, I don't want to disappoint anybody. I'm gonna be a little lower than that on mine. Uh, <laughs> I really enjoyed it, um, but I think my number is gonna end up probably about a 78 to 80. Okay. Just a little bit lower. I think the experience yeah. we had on the last the last episode uh, it t- it touched me more from a nostalgia and my own life perspective. Yeah. This one it kind of did, but not not in a I don't want to say happy because that movie was not a happy movie, but <laughs> right. but it more like it brought me like more nostalgia that I that I enjoyed. This one, it brought me some nostalgia of people I worked with in the industry that I didn't like. So it was right. So I think that kind of made me not give it some things that I probably could have as far as as far as enjoying yeah. it. But I think yeah. I think an eighty not a bad is, score though. Eighty is probably the best I can do. But I, yeah. I enjoyed the movie, and it may be a thing like you said where. If I check this out again, then I might like it more. Because usually I watch it twice. 
I watched it once and then I kind of skimmed through it the second time to see yeah. if there's things that I missed or that I, that I didn't catch all the way. So I didn't watch it fully For the sure. second time. So I'll watch it again and my review could change, but I think 80's a safe a safe place for no, me. No, I mean, that's, yeah, for sure. But I would definitely recommend people to check it out. Because I feel like you get a little insight into the industry on the beginning parts of it, and then you also get, mm-hmm. you get a slasher movie, you get a, you get you get a few different movies in here, actually. Female for drama? Sure. yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, I think so. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, it's definitely worth checking out. You know, if you got time, you can check it out. All right, man. So, you got any final notes or you want to go ahead and close it out? Ah, I think I'm good. I think I uh, got through everything I wanted to, to cover. So, unless you have anything else, I think we can just close it out. All right, man. This is your man, Jake, from Dark Mariachi Studios, here with Guitar Case Fuller Reviews Podcast. And I'd like to thank you for tuning man. in. We got my man, David. Go ahead and sign out your way, bro. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, yeah, this is David from Journey with a Cinephile, a horror movie podcast. And uh, this is me uh, signing off. And don't forget, be one of us. Come on a journey with a cinephile. Film enthusiasts are much more critical. Do you think cinephiles are, are on this other end of the spectrum? But I think a cinephile is more of a student of cinema. A movie lover is going to be less discriminating, I think. Some of this might come. Be one of us. Sick fucks. Seen one too many movies. Don't you blame the movies? <laughs> you might be a cinephile. Right, you def- yeah, you might be a cinephile. If you wait here for a while, see what happens. The podcast. You opened it. We came. It's just a podcast. We'll review your movie from every angle.